Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Happy 4th of July. Yes, yes. Tell them something nice. How was your week? Tell, y'all be nice. See, I know it's post-pandemic, but we don't know. Our, our social skills have, have gone out the window, but just try. Try to say hi. This has been a while since they put us on the stage together. I know. This is not going to be... Well, nobody's safe. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Um, If this is your first time worshiping with us at the Gab Church, can I see your hands so we know who's in the room? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we got a couple of new people. So let's let's introduce ourselves then. Okay, okay, okay. Hello, everybody. Um, If you all don't know me, I'm a stranger and you missed... My name is Emeka. Um, what else do you need to know about me? You're on the Word team. I'm on the Word team, yes. Mm. That's why you see my face a lot. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, I'm married. Come uh, on. That's right. To my sister. I'm married to my sister. You know? Yes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and my name is Yenny. <laughs> And I'm also on the word team, and I'm married, y'all know. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Love my husband. Um, and so today, we decided to just take a different format. Is that okay with y'all today? Just to relax, you know? I think they're scared because they think it's another family meeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Relax, it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, how many of us have been blessed with all of the messages we've been hearing in this season? Can we just get a hand clap of praise for... And what about Pastor Lydie last week? She, our mother, she gave it to us, us, honestly. How many of us know that you are an exception? Yes. Those are for the three people who remembered what we preached about last. Just help us, Lord. You know, the short attention. Wait, how many of us actually go on YouTube to watch those previous sermons? Do you watch previous sermons? Okay. But do you take notes at least? Yes, yes, yes. We hope so, we hope so. Because you know the first thing in going to school is if you only study or if you only go to class and you don't study afterwards, you will never get the A, right? Yeah. So part of what we're doing, please let us also build a culture after you're done with the Sunday service. Go back home. There's a reason why the media team take their time to do a little editing and post it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So you can take your time now and break down that sermon. So now you have questions, and you can bring them at the gathering. Yes. If you don't want to meet at the gathering, you can find one of us on the hallway. I'll be like, you know what, Yeni or Emeka, that thing you preached last week, I don't understand it. I didn't see it in the scripture. Can you further explain? Let us be like the Berean Christians. Everything they were told, they studied for themselves. Yes, yes. Amen? I'll let you go on. Yeah, so um, so in a couple of weeks, we have a very special, I don't even want to know if we should call it a, an event. It's more like a meeting. Yes, um, yes. But we have a very special program. Does anyone know what it's called? Power Night. Give it up for the three people who pay attention to the announcements. <laughs> 
So on July 16th, we have Power Night, and honestly, we have been on a series of teaching about spiritual warfare, and, and if you have been paying attention to some of the analogies we're using, we know that essentially we have been playing a series of games, right? Yes. You know, no more scrimmages. We've been playing real games each Sunday, and Power Night essentially is the finale, the final game, right? Where we are going to head to head with some of the things that we've been discussing. And we believe that in the Gap Church, the Lord is really going to send forth an outpouring of deliverance. So if you don't know already, put that in your calendar and don't miss it. And thank you, Abigail, for always clapping. I pray that the Lord will give you a special gift. No, because she pays attention. Clap it up. So the next two weeks, we are going to use this format to do some teaching. Is that okay with y'all? Because we are not going to usher you into a situation where we're doing any form of spiritual warfare if you don't know what the heck you're doing. Is that okay? Um, we want to make sure that you are equipped, that you are pure, and that you are prepared to receive whatever it is that God has for you in this season. So let's go ahead and flip over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 8 to 9, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. And today will be a really, really good day to take notes. <laughs> Tell your yeah. neighbor, take notes. Don't get take on Instagram. Notes. Take, notes. take notes. Don't be tweeting the message. You know, if you tweet the message, you won't actually have it later. Like, you know, yeah. so I see some of y'all on my timeline after Sunday. I'm like, wow, they didn't even take notes. They just tweeted everything. Um, but. <laughs> So 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. The word of the Lord says, be alert. Actually, take a moment. We're going to stand up for the reading of the word. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. Bible says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, growl, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Say, resist him. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Let's have a seat. So if you need a title for the next two weeks, you're titling what Amika and I are going to discuss, resistance. Resistance. Yes. And so what's resistance, Amika? Um, when I hear resistance, for some of us who took sciences, I hear physics. Um, resistance just simply means if we're to use current or we're to use electricity, is when you add something else to a process that does not enable or quicken the process, it actually slows it down. Yeah. So in electricity, we add, we have um, rubber, or if you add if we add rubber to it, if you add rubber to electricity, rubber is not a conductor of electricity, true or false. So it cannot conduct electricity with rubber. So when I hear resistance, I mean something that slows the process down. It slows electricity from moving. So in using that knowledge in the word of God, my life, I am the electricity. I am the light. I am that power of God. I am the extension of God here on earth. So when I hear resistance, it will be anything around me or in me that is slowing me down or holding me back from fully moving fast or moving at the pace God wants me to move at. That's good. That's good. I mean, if we're talking about like just a regular definition, resistance is also the refusal to accept or comply with something, mm. right? But biblically, it means to withstand, to stand against or oppose. 
So it's standing in opposition for those who are taking notes. Yes. That's what resistance is. So we read this scripture where it talks about resisting the devil, and we understand and we know just a little bit about resistance. But I want us to go into Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, verses 51 to 53. And we're going to learn a little bit more about the kind of resistance the Lord is seeing, especially in our generation. Acts 7, 51 to 53. The Bible says, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You have even, you have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. Well, if you ever need to figure out how to really cut somebody out, just go to the Bible. He said, you stiff, why am I neck stiff? Just, wow. Um, <laughs> you stiff neck people is what the scripture says. And he says in verse 53, you have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. What are the laws that the scripture is talking about, Amika? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not fornicate, thou shalt not lie. Which are the Ten Commandments. Com say louder. Thank God. Good. Yeah. So these laws were given to Moses, right, for the people to live out. And, but, but we understand, and based off of the implication we see here, it's probably more than the Ten Commandments because why? We're in the book of Acts, right? Yes. And where's the book of Acts? It's in the New Testament. And so the Ten Commandments was given all the way back in Exodus days, Deuteronomy days. So we know that these laws are not just don't kill, don't destroy, don't do these Ten Commandments. They're probably like love your neighbor as yourself, right? Honor the Lord that God. These New Testament principles and laws that the Lord cares about. And so why would the Lord be emphasizing this now? Well, he is emphasizing this right now because we need to understand that obedience is non-negotiable in the kingdom. Yeah. Non-negotiables. Non Write that down. Obedience is literally a non-negotiable. You ever, for some of us who have signed some contracts, you know, whenever you're in contractual um, agreements or you're going back and forth, there's always a set of non-negotiables, right? There are a set of terms that are not up for discussion. It's take it or leave it. And what the scripture is telling us is obedience is literally a non-negotiable. When it comes to your relationship with God, I know that some of you, obedience is more of a suggestion. But it's not. Because in the kingdom of God, obedience is a non-negotiable. It's a do it or you don't. Are you with me or you're not? It's lukewarm in Lacedonia. It's are you hot or are you cold? Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out so heavy and so when we're talking about resistance today we just have to start with the fact that we resist God too much how are we resisting God oh, how are we resisting God how many okay let me ask us I'll start very simple for three weeks in a row Something has been mentioned here that, has, that none of the speakers sat down to discuss with each other. 
and that is doing a family tree. How many of us have done it? Yeah. So we have more than one now. That's good. It's more than one person. That's that is good. good. That's good. You see, we need to understand that, yes, in, the, in scriptures, there were laws and commandments given to God, through men, to men. Are you following me? It was given from God, through men, to men. When we disobey, it is any instruction God has given to, through a man to you, or he has given directly to you, that you're still negotiating with him on when to execute. Very important. You know, sometimes we often, the reality is, is God, like Mika says this all the time, God is not going to come down from heaven to discuss with you about your issues. He's not going to come down from heaven to instruct you about your life. But he's going to send specific people, mentors, leaders, uh, pastors, whoever, to consult with you or to instruct you on things. And how many of us know that sometimes we commonalize and over-familiarize ourselves with those people, right? And, and what you think is, is you think you're dishonoring or disrespecting the person, but you're actually disobeying God. And that's hard because the package of the instruction sometimes doesn't match the instruction. Right? Remember, Mika said he literally, humans who send the, the messenger is like a conduit. All that needs to happen is the message goes through the individual to you. If you are too worried about who the individual is, what they look like, their credibility, you will miss it. Meanwhile, something is specially packaged for you, but because of what is coming through, you dismiss it. We don't want to have that conversation because so many of us are praying for things, but they're in front of you, but you don't recognize it because it doesn't look like what you thought it was supposed to be. It's, 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 it's a pity if you keep looking at the things of the kingdom with human eyes. You know, imagine if the Syrian commander commonized the servant girl that he captured from war who told him mass who told his master's wife i know where my master can be healed yeah. if you looked and said you servant girl how dare you speak to me he will die in his leprosy yeah. and he had to listen to the servant girl now here that was strike one strike two he now gets into the, gets to israel and then the, 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 instead of the prophet seeing him, the prophet sends who? Another servant. And the servant goes, go dip yourself in the Jordan seven times. For a lot of us, at that second point, we'll be like, God, I'm done. Or I'm tired. <laughs> tired. Or, or there was a great analogy that Lilati used during her prayer to talk about how when, when, they were, when Jesus was healing the blind man, what did he use? He used mud. He spit in dirt and made a muddy paste, and then he put it in the blind man's eyes. And so many of us, once you hear the you're like, nah, fam, this no longer is about healing. It just went left. Because the conduit was messy. 
but the healing was necessary in that manner. And what so many of us don't realize is the way in which your blessings are going to come will not look like what you expect. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be cute. It's not going to be well packaged. It's not going to be convenient. And it, sometimes it might not even smell good. It might be societally unacceptable, but it's your healing. And so if you're still so overly socially conscious about what it looks like to be associated with this conduit, you're going to keep missing it. And there's so many of us who are so worried about our aesthetic. It has to fit our aesthetic. If it doesn't fit with the way that my color scheme or my vibe is, vibe check, then I can't, really, I can't really mess, I can't rock with it. It's not my aesthetic. And tell me where aesthetic is in the scripture because the kingdom of God is not about aesthetic, okay? It's not. And you know, I keep referring to this message that Dyer preached about desperate times, desperate measures, because so many of us need to keep rewinding that message in our ears is that, does your issue necessitate this le level of being cute? Does your issue necessitate you worrying so much about your pride? Don't be so worried about the conduit, who it's coming through. And so, so we have stiff-necked people in Micah. Stiff -neck. What, what is a stiff-necked person? The only picture that comes to my mind are those who have had a, a car accident. Yeah. And then they have that thing on their neck. C-collar. So when you want to tell them, Emeka, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us, that's how we answer God. Mm. My son, mm. we are very fleshy about our decision making. Yeah. A stiff-necked person is a person who has a list. Mm. If it doesn't match your list, then you don't pay attention to it. And I'm going to tell someone this. The reason why your wedding day will not happen when you wrote it down is because you're stiff-necked. Until the day you're ready to take what God has presented to you and wash it with the water of God's word, you will stay in that situation. And you will continue asking God to give you what he has given you. Romans chapter 9. <laughs> Romans 9, 19. <laughs> I don't do anything. You said I should talk. I know. <laughs> Romans chapter 9, verse 19. Mm. The Bible says, one of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? I want to ask you a question. But who are you, human being, to talk back to God? It's not me. It's the scripture. See, when I read this, I, I literally shrunk back. Because I realized how many times have I had a conversation with God when it was really supposed to be a command? And then how many instructions have I taken as suggestions? How many 
assignments have I just looked at as an opportunity? Yeah. Obedience is something our generation is missing. We are telling the potter, the one who formed us, how to reform us. Because what he did in the place, first place isn't acceptable. Or so who told you it's not acceptable? See, how you are right now is what God wants. We have to stop using our identities as a bargaining chip and saying, well, I don't want this part. Or if I could just change my family. Or if my father just wasn't like this. No, you're set in that situation for a purpose. There is no excuse for obedience. Bible says... Shall, it, shall what is formed say to the one who is formed, why did you make me like this? See, when we have resistance, the resistance we're really talking about is an ungodly resistance. Yeah. And to be sincere, this resistance is inherent in who we are. It's an Adamic resistance. If we look in the Garden of Eden, we found that this, it's literally our default. You know how you have a default setting in every device? It's our default setting to resist. There's two modes in warfare, submission or resistance. Submission or resistance. And many at times, we resist what we're supposed to submit to and submit to who or what we're supposed to resist. How many individuals have you submitted to relationships, situationships, circumstances that are really meant for you to resist. Bible says that when, he sh when you're in the midst of temptation, he gives you a way out. He says, flee. Some of you, you stay. You don't flee. You think you're strong. I have what it takes. Ah, oh, no, I'm a Christian. I pray, I'm part of the Gap Church. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yes, you prayed and you rained the heavens down in this place, but in the midst of temptation, you submit. Does that make any sense? See, the problem is so many of us, we keep, like, and I said this earlier this year, is we keep looking for another prophecy to tell us what to do. What did you do with what God told you last? What are you doing to live your life beyond this room to please God? If you are still, and, and this is really, because like I said, this is the family meeting portion. If you yeah. have been in this church this whole year, even just till Jan since January, and you, there's nothing about your life that is evidently different, it is no longer about where you go to church, who your friends are, the music you listen to. It's the inner you that keeps submitting. Yeah. And that's the reality. I'm not having a conversation with you that I've never had with myself. If there are some characteristics about myself that I don't like, I'm quick to say, no, Yenny, where is this coming from? And I have to assess myself because so many of us, the biggest warfare we're dealing with us is within ourselves. And so we are telling the potter what to, how do we tell the potter what to do? In what ways? How do we tell the potter what to do? Let me, okay, I'll use, our, I'll use since it's a family meeting. <laughs> when we do things at home and our parents are chastising us or scolding us, 
what 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 does our what do our parents say? What did I tell you to do? Or why did you do it? Right? Why? 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 And we take that same approach and we go and meet God and we ask him why? Can you ask your boss at work why? If you can't ask your boss, actually, let me put it this way. The issue is they are asking their boss why, and that's... Uh... That's why they don't have a job. Okay. So your professor in school, too, he gives you a grade. Can you go and ask him why? You see? Come on. <laughs> Hold on. The issue is plenty. Plenty, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. In the kingdom. One house. <laughs> After you ask him why, does your score change? Yes. <laughs> I love Hold it on. here. I love it. I'm I love it. it here. I'm loving it. Good. One house. One house. <laughs> so you ask your parents why. You ask your professor why. But how many times have you asked God why and the situation changed? Yeah, who's laughing now? Yeah, yeah. How many times have you asked God why? You lost your parents or a parent or a loved one and you asked God why. Did he answer you? A friend died in an accident. You asked God why. Did he answer you? God is not our mate. He is the ancient of days. He is sovereign in his ways. He does what he pleases, and whatever he, he pleases him is what he does. So whenever we need a question and an answer from God, what we ask him is how. Because here's the thing, God is too faithful to fail. So if there is something wrong in the process of what God has promised you, the how presents God an opportunity to explain to you what you need to do so that it not be repeated again. The scripture Yeni just quoted, Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. <laughs> We like that scripture so much. Please put it on the screen for all of them so they will see it. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Father! No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yes, it won't prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I will condemn. Yes. Sorry, what's that B part there? This is the heritage of who? The servants of the Lord. I keep quiet. Yeah. The qualifier for that to work is servanthood. And so many of us think we can piecemeal this Christianity thing. We think that, let me just take this part because it works for me. Or this fits me in this season of my life. So if I don't have to do everything, I can still get the rewards. But what we keep misunderstanding, please leave that scripture up for now, is that the weapons that are forming are being formed by you. And the reason why they're prospering is because there's no servanthood. And 
I need you to really understand it. What weapons are you forming in your life? And what circumstances are you creating to keep allowing them to prosper? Maybe you have decided in this 2021, I'm no longer going to associate with these people. These people are fake. They're not the same. These are not my dudes anymore. This is not like this and this and that. And, and yet, you think that once you separate yourself from that crowd, now you're going to be good. But you don't realize that you were the ringleader of the situation. So many of us, we teach each other how not to bully or how not to take it from a bully. But what if you're the bully? We paint our picture as the protagonist. Meanwhile, sometimes we're the antagonist. So this is a, these are the kind of conversations you need to start having with yourself at home. Like, what if it could just be me? Like, what if, what if I am really consistently being disobedient? What if I shouted really loud in church and got my life in? The reality is by Monday morning, it just is not the same. I'm back to normal. And what circumstances are you perpetuating in your life that allows that to be the reality? What have you not changed? What have you not allowed God to change in your life? What is this part of your life that you refuse to let go? Is it smoking? Is it drinking? Is it a certain habit? Is it a certain relationship? One thing I prayed this morning for the Gap Church is I prayed that the Lord will set forth a level of conviction on everybody. Amen. And that's an amen. That's a very heavy amen. Because, see, once you are convicted about something, it's a nagging feeling. You have no choice but to give in. Yeah. You have to change it. Once you're convicted, like, once I'm convicted about something, I tell people, like, it becomes very physical. Like, I get a stomach ache. Like, I get really, if you've ever, like, been with the wrong person and, like, you know you're not supposed to be with this individual and, and literally there's been all the signs and you've seen everything, you saw the way they behave and yet you're, like, still trying it and at a certain point you just realize, like, ugh. Yeah. No, sometimes they want to pray for the person, too. Oh, I want to make yeah. them a Christian. Make them a Christian. Yeah, yes. if I could just convert them. They've become the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm making that, uh, he's not going to let y'all breathe. <laughs> Foot on your necks all 2021. Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to round up with this scripture here. I hope we're learning something today. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we're not going to be able to read all of it, but I think where we're really getting to is this. So remember when we've talked about, we talked about royal priesthood, understanding who we are in Christ and the blessings and decrees. And so Moses had been giving all this instruction to the children of Israel. And in chapter 28, verses 1 to 14, he finally tells them, these are all the blessings you're going to get if you obey, Right. So he's like, I told y'all everything to do. And, you know, he says, you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. And the crops of your land and the young of your livestock and the calves. And he said, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and they will scatter from seven. I mean, these are excellent blessings, right? But in verse 15... He now says, but there are curses for disobedience. This is what we're really getting at today. In fact, from verse 15 to verse 68, 
detailed curses for disobedience. This is the message that is not Instagrammable. This is the part that is not the highlight reel we like to share about Christianity. The reality is we want to be blessed in the season and blessed in the noontime and everything, but we don't realize that since God is a God of order and the kingdom of God is orderly, it's beautiful, for every action there is a reaction. reaction. And so for every disobedience there is a curse. And so let's, let's do some paradoxes, shall we? Verse 3. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. This is Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 3. Skip down to uh, verse 16. You'll be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Okay, another paradox. Um, Verse 6. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Uh, Verse 19. You'll be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. And so if you thought that you could piecemeal your Christianity in this part, Like, the way you believe that you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field if you are righteous is the way that you'll be cursed if you're not righteous. And I'm not here to bring fire and brimstone on us. I just want us to keep it real and have a 100% understanding, a 360 knowledge of how to walk with God. See, God is not leading with the curses. He's leading with the blessings. But some of us are stiff-necked, hard-headed, And we keep taunting him as if he is not still Jehovah. I hear someone saying in their mind, Jesus died on the cross. There's no condemnation, there's no curse. I don't know who you are, but I'm sorry for your Christian life. God does not curse but the system of judgment he has set in place cannot protect you if you disobey him. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? God does not curse. He is a father. He is a loving father. Jesus Christ said, if you in your wicked ways know how to give your children good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give to those who willingly ask of him? He does not walk around looking for those to curse. But the system of judgment he has set in place will spit you out of his mouth the moment you disobey him. He does not behold iniquity. He does not behold iniquity. So the moment you are in your sinful ways, the only way to separate yourself from whatever is quote-unquote a curse is to obey him. As you obey him, then the righteousness of Christ that has been purchased by the blood becomes your birthright. And then in that is the blessing. Through the blood is the blessing. Not by choice, but through the blood. Verse 68. This is one of the hardest things I think I've read in the scripture in a long time. This is Deuteronomy 28, verse 68. And he rounds up with all these things. He said, the Lord will send you back in ships to Egypt on a journey I said you should never make again. 
There you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. So even slaves have value. Because the scripture tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. So even in being in sin, you are sinners. But once you know what you know as a believer, you are now responsible for that. And so you mean to tell me that all those Israelites, like I was telling a maker earlier, that literally held the entire economy of Egypt on their backs with slavery are now worth nothing to those same Egyptians if they go back. And that's the reality, is that now that you are in Christ, if you fall into sin, you're worth nothing to the enemy anymore. And so many of us have been wrestling in this spot where you really, really want to get serious with God. And you know that he requires more of you. And you're a man and you're a young man right now and you're looking at yourself and you're struggling to do more with God, but you're finding it hard to reconcile the fact that you just want to belong. Newsflash, you can't. You're an anomaly and you're made for more. And as believers, we're playing a long game. We're not playing an instant gratification, what looks cute now game. We're not looking at what is trending. That's not the kind of game we're playing. We're playing a long game. And so many of you, that's the confirmation you needed to hear today, is that all the sacrifices you're making to yield to the voice of God, all the convictions you're yielding to. Some of you, the Lord had led you to be a volunteer. He's led you to take church more seriously. He's led you to take the relationship. He said, get up in the morning. I want you to spend some more time with me. I want you to be in your word. Hey, I want you, you're a young man. I need you to start praying for your wife. I know that she's not, you don't see what could be right now, but I, I trust in you. So many of you, God is stretching you further. And I want you to just stop resisting. Allow it to happen. As we step into this next season and finalize, rather, warfare, so many of you are going to be asked to submit to the hand of God. But it's difficult if the circumstances in your life is not ready for that submission. So, so, so in the next week, some of you just going to have to go clean house. Figure out your habits. Make it work. Because you are literally at the cusp of what God has for you. But what are you resisting? What weapons are you forming? You know, just to add to that verse 68, let me help for some of us that that scripture went like this over their heads. Because some of you did. And I'm going to use an abusive relationship. You see, at some point in your life, you were in an abusive relationship and it was a 50-50 thing for you. So in the abusive relationship, you know what you're doing in the abusive relationship. He has not put a ring on it. There's no seal. There's nothing. But you guys are having fun. But once in a while, you still found the opportunity to come to church. And while you kept doing the 50-50 thing, the grace of God was overly abounding. And then one day you were convicted. And you walked away from that relationship. You walked away from those habits. You walked away from that lifestyle. And you said, God, it is you 
This is what that verse 68 means. The day you, you decide to turn back from that 110% you have given God and go back into your iniquity. The, the relationships and the circle you had before will, will reject you. That is what Jesus Christ meant. When an evil spirit is cast out of a person, the spirit wanders around and then it says to itself, let me go back to the place I was sent away from. Here's the thing. If that place, that temple or that body is empty, the spirit doesn't just enter back inside. It goes and finds seven spirits more strong, stronger than itself. And then they inhabit that body. This is what that scripture means. So when you have been sent out of Egypt and you choose to disobey the Lord your God and you feel like life was better for me in Egypt, when you go back to Egypt, the spirits of Egypt will also, not, will also reject you because they'll give you up to spirits that are stronger than themselves. Am I making, is that better? Do we understand that better? So it is better that you never gave your life to Christ then you surrender yourself to him and then decide to turn back. So, go ahead and rise to your feet. If you are here today and this message or this talk has convicted you and you've never given your life to Christ before or maybe you have and it seems like it's time to rededicate, I want you to just go ahead and put your hands up. And in this moment, we're going to pray with you because we do not want anybody to go out of this atmosphere and not know him for real, for real. So if you are here right now, just go ahead and put your hands up. If you don't feel comfortable putting your hands up, you're more than welcome to text SAVE to the number that we're going to place on the screen. And I want every head bowed, every eyes closed, and we're just going to have a make a pray for all of us today. And I do sense in my spirit that there's just about a couple of people that feel so convicted about today's message that they desire to come up to the altar and just touch the altar. I know it seems kind of strange, but if you are, if there's a level of conviction you're sensing in your spirit, I want you to come up, up to the altar. Just come and we'll pray with you. Come and we'll pray with you. ask the question I'm going to answer it briefly and I'm, and I'm asking that person to come meet me after the service for more explanation for more explanation come meet, meet us after the service what Christ did on the cross was to give us access If Christ never came, it was impossible for us to keep all the laws. It was impossible. There was something called the, the atonement, the, the, the feast of atonement, where the children of Israel, once a year, the high priest will go into the most holy of holies 
to offer a, a sacrifice to atone for the sins of the children of Israel. You see, if that was sufficient under the law, then Jesus did not need to come. But because of how restrictive it was, that's why Paul says that the law led to death. But that grace came that we might have life. What Jesus Christ did on the cross only covers those that accept him. If you don't accept what he has done on the cross, then what he did on the cross cannot cover you. Unfortunately, there is no black, there is no gray area. It's either your heart or your cold. So for those who have made this moment, used this moment to choose to rededicate them like their life to Christ or dedicate themselves to Christ, I'll like us to bow our heads as we pray. And repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for the price you paid. Thank you for redeeming me back to the Father. I open my heart to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my life and make my life, my heart, your dwelling place. That my life will be a testimony and that my life will glorify your name. Thank you, precious Father, for not casting me away. Thank you, precious Father, for now I'm a vessel unto honor. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let us put our hands together for those who give their lives to Christ. And even as, um, even as Yenya and I wrap up a word today, I advise each and every one of us, this is not the season to eat and drink. This is the season to commit yourself to God in prayer, in fasting, in meditation, in studying the word. Lord, reveal the part of my life that I need to stop to me because there might be something you're doing that is normal to everybody but for you and for what God wants to use you for like our mother preached last week she said we are exceptional there might be something God does not want from you so I pray we pray for everyone under the sound of our voice both here and online that we will receive step-by-step -step guidance from the Holy Spirit this week. We will hear the voice of God clearly and audibly. That in everything we do, the presence of God will lead the way. We pray as a family that from today, the voice of any stranger or enemy, we will not listen or obey it. That from today, it will only be the turn-by-turn, step-by-step guidance and instruction from the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for each and every one of us. That we will walk in righteousness. We will walk by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That your name will forever be glorified in and through our lives. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus.
Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.